Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, I was reading through uh, some material for the show this weekend, and I see this opinion piece uh, in the Wall Street Journal, more of an interview than an opinion piece. And I'm telling you the opening paragraph, it caught my eye in such fashion, I felt the need to put it on True Social and Twitter and elsewhere, describing, by the way, no truer words have ever been written or spoken than this, how we are so clearly being led by idiots. Now, you may say, well, my gosh, Dan, why is that breaking news? You've been talking about this forever. But it was just summed up in an opening paragraph in the best way possible. I'm going to make that case for you today. A big updates on the Mar-a-Lago raid. I told you it was true. It was happening. And I want to talk about the biggest mistake of my life today um, uh, involving my own health care. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Mondays are always loaded shows because we have uh, two and a half days to catch up on. Uh, So let's get right to it. Today's show brought to you by one of my favorites, Tommy John, rocking the TJs right now. Paula loves him because when you wear Tommy John, you're that much cooler. You can do everything better. I know I do. I was a fan way, way before they were a sponsor. You know why? They are breathable, good looking, lightweight fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. Summer heat's coming out. It's melting things. You need underwear. It keeps, your, uh, keeps you on ice downstairs. You know what I mean? That's Tommy John. They'll keep you looking and feeling cool all season long from lounging at home to summertime fun. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have fanatics like me. With over 17 million pairs sold, people love their Tommy John underwear and loungewear. Again, me included. And they look good, too. And it look good. Look good naked. Go good. And Tommy John doesn't just make you feel cooler. You actually are cooler. Stay up to seven degrees cooler than cotton in Tommy John's Apollo underwear. Plus, there's no risk because you're covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free. Guaranteed. Shop TommyJohn.com slash Dan right now for 25% off your first order. 25%. 25% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Dan. TommyJohn.com slash Dan. Go today. See site for details. One of my favorite sponsors, Tommy John. <laughs> I didn't even say let's go. Joe's like, know, oh, ding, ding, ding. Joe's like eager, a little eager to get the show. That's all right. Show Good to uh, hear again? from you, Joe. This morning. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, all right, Joe, let's go. Thank you. It's Doubled his first bell, double bell in the history of the Dan Bongino show in 1,835 plus tight, episodes. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good. That's okay. It's first for everything. So this is what I was talking about. No truer words have ever been spoken or written than this. I'm reading through the journal this weekend. Barton Swaim is his piece up. Uh, the case for an American revolution in morals. The gist of the piece is this. They're talking about the history of two competing ideologies. One that thinks the system doesn't matter. It's the people in charge of it that matter. And the other saying, well, the system matters because the people in charge are always going to be corrupt. You get what I'm saying? It's it's a historical analysis of two competing historical ideologies. Yeah. So long and short of it is, it, the opening paragraph of the piece just nails it, how we are being led by absolute idiots and tyrants and irons and tyrants who are idiots and idiots who are tyrants here. Let me digest every word of this. 
It's hard to contemplate American public life in the 21st century and not arrive at the unhappy conclusion that we are being led by idiots. The political class has lately produced an impressive string of debacles. The Afghanistan pullout, urban crime waves, easily foreseen inflation, mayhem at the southern border, a self-generated energy crisis, a pandemic response that wrought little good and vast ruin. Then there are perennial national embarrassments, a mind-bogglingly expensive welfare state that doesn't work, public schools that make kids dumber, universities that nurture destructive grievances and noxious ideologies, and a news media nobody trusts. It's time for the bird. My, my man. There it is. What a stinging indictment of us being led by idiots. I mean, we could go through them one by one. Hey, let's pull out of Afghanistan. I got an idea. Joe, let's take the military assets and close the base out first so we have no evacuation plan and then leave American civilians and others to defend for themselves. That's a great idea. Man, pretty strong. Urban crime waves. Man, I got this idea. I think in high crime cities, we should defund the police so there are less police and more criminals. And if we don't defund them, we should attack them so they stop doing their jobs out of fear of being attacked themselves. Fantastic. Never thought Inflation. of Inflation. Never. I know. Because you're stupid, Joe, like me. What do we oh, know? Thanks, We're two man. idiots. Cool. Hey, morons. What are two, I was a cop. What are you? Oh, you know, podcast. Purdue. What do you know? <laughs> two idiots we are. You know, 30 years in the industry. What do you know? Soundboards and stuff. <laughs> Easily foreseen inflation. Yeah, I got an idea. Let's print 20 plus trillion dollars of money we don't have and spend it flushing it into the economy while we shut down supply chains. Wow. Because uh, of a COVID response. Gosh, crazy how more money chasing fewer goods would cause the prices to go up. Mayhem at the southern border. That's an easy one. A self-generated energy crisis. How did we get the $5 a gallon gas? How did we get there? Well, we're not permitting any new gas. We're not building any new pipelines and we're stopping drilling on large swaths of land in America. Oh my gosh. How did we, how did that, how did that happen? How did that, how did that happen? Folks, we're being led by idiots. We're being led by tyrants. And although the premise of the piece, if you'd like to read it, is a back and forth over systems versus people. Uh, I think there's a compromise at the end, which we can all agree on that the system we have now which is a constitutional republic designed to limit the power of government because people will always be corrupt, as Acton, Lord Acton said, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Can we all come to the conclusion for now that no matter what system you have, if we don't elect and produce a better quantity, of, uh, quantity and quality of people, it's, it's all lost. The piece makes a good point here that we have these constitutional limitations, supposedly. The FBI is not supposed to spy on political candidates, not supposed to raid people's homes because of political grievances. The government's not supposed to force people to inject the substance in their body with no legal authority to do so, even though the effectiveness of the substance is still open for debate. Yet, Joe, that all happened anyway. So how, how is that? The Constitution said it can't happen, but it did. But it did. But it did. Because we've got corrupt people in charge. Now, what does that mean? We just give up? Well, Dan, you said the system doesn't work. The system doesn't work because you just, you just said the Constitution prevents stuff that already happened, so clearly it didn't work. 
And now you're telling us that people are going to be corrupt anyway. Yeah, I am telling you that. The, and everyone will eventually be corrupt. So the way to do it is to elect better people where the corruption happens at least later, or maybe not if we get them out of office in time. Corrupt, uh, power eventually corrupts everyone. That's why there's two answers to this. A dramatic house cleaning, mass firings within the federal government from people who put politics before their principles and politics before they wrote to the Constitution to send a message to everyone else that, yes, I know you're going to be corrupt. And this is the penalty if you do, making them think twice. And second, we got to do better in the primaries, folks. We just got to get better people in there. It is possible. There are people whose, uh, who, whose, whose propensity towards corruption is going to be far less than other people who are just easily corrupted, like the Liz Cheney's of the world. Speaking of which, there's a Florida primary tomorrow. Primaries in Florida and New York. Please get out and vote, ladies and gentlemen in Florida. Because Ron DeSantis doesn't have a competitor for the Republican nomination, a lot of Republicans don't know the primaries tomorrow. It is. Please get out and vote. Your school board candidates are on the agenda. You want to save your schools in Florida? Please, for the Martin County residents, go out and vote tomorrow for Amy Pritchett and Jen Russell. Supporting Stacey Hetherington and Rebecca White for Judge 2. Amy Pritchett, Jen Russell, and Martin County in Florida, please get out and vote tomorrow. Your school boards are on the ballot. Go and ask your local Republican club who you think the best candidates are who will advance education, not indoctrination. Getting back to my point, primaries matter. That's why I brought up the Florida primary. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Florida, New York, tomorrow. Do not forget. Please, I'm begging you. The do matters, not the talk. The idiocy is everywhere. Going back to that opening statement that just, this, I, 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 again, no truer words have ever been written. We are being led by morons and tyrants and tyrannical morons. They're not all the same thing. The idiocy is everywhere. Here's Jennifer Granholm again, a cabinet secretary with uh, the Biden administration, who I can't imagine you could have a worse spokeswoman or spokesperson for your energy policy and the Inflation Reduction Act than this. The host's like, hey, uh, listen, I think it's Fox. This is Fox, right? They're asking her, hey, this Inflation Reduction Act and all this infrastructure crap, like you're telling people to go and do stuff about Green New Deal and weatherizing their homes. They don't have any money because of inflation. Here's our solution for people in the middle class struggling right now. Listen to this stupidity. If you are moderate income, today you can get 30% off the price of solar panels. Those solar panels can be financed, so you don't have to have the big outlay at the front. And when they're financed, they're financed to the in a way that reduces your energy bill, even though you have solar panels. With this 30% off, it's a significant incentive. So you have no money because of inflation. Because we spent a bunch of money we don't have. Granholm and the Biden administration spend more money we don't have. And the solution to that, because of the inflation making you struggle economically, is to you're going to get a 30% rebate on solar panels from China you're going to buy for your house. That's, that's just brilliant. We are being led by idiots. And when it's not obvious idiocy, idiocy folks, it's so clearly tyranny. That is what's happening with the FBI and DOJ right now. And they are panicking as their Mar-a-Lago raid blows up in their faces in a way I have not seen in modern American history. The backlash is going to be grotesque. You got a chance to vote tomorrow in Florida and New York, and you're going to have a chance to vote your values in November. Please remember what happened with these tyrants. This raid on Mar-a-Lago may go down as the biggest 
law enforcement intelligence blunder in the history of the FBI and DOJ. Oh, you're exaggerating. Am I? I don't exaggerate on the show. Facts. So let me go to a pretty far left-leaning outlet, Axios. Here's Axios. Polls reveal Trump's FBI search bump. This is a left-leaning outlet. Look at the fundraising here, folks, first. What we're hearing at Axios is several anti-Trump GOP strategists say they're worried the FBI search put wind in Trump's sales. Yes, you should be worried. That is quite accurate. A source close to Trump says the fundraising effect has been huge. Re-engaging donors in the biggest way since he left office. Did I not not tell you that last week, Joe? You remember that segment? I spoke to some people there, told me they were raising over a million dollars a day. Gosh, that's beautiful to see. Here's another one. Not only did you give us a little bump in fundraising, polls don't look good for you either. Sunday's NBC News poll asked GOP voters whether they're more of a supporter of Trump or of the Republican Party. Trump support spiked. 41% said they support Trump more than the party, up seven points from this summer. That says to me, you guys have up. Dan, did you just have like a glitch in the microphone? No, that was me. That was me trying to beep out my own foul language. You guys something up. Yeah, big time. Now the public sees what's really going on. Folks, I had a tough time this week. I didn't do a lot, but I, I got a call. I'm not going to say from who or it's not important, but a very close friend of mine in, in a war um, right now over free speech with people who are, again, trying to attack him. And we were talking and he said to me on the phone, can you believe this? The FBI raids Mar-a-Lago in what was so clearly an act of outright absolute tyranny. The DOJ, in conjunction with the FBI, in the worst weaponization of federal law enforcement power we've seen forever. And the Democrats and the liberals use the incident of their tyranny to go and attack free speech advocates for criticizing the FBI we finance and pay for. Because we don't like them weaponizing their power. They go and attack us and they want us censored, claiming we're inciting violence as they call us fascists and Nazis and everything. They have incited violence against me forever. I get death threats. I've had people show up at my house. I don't talk about it because I'm not a wuss bag like the lefty idiots in the media who incite violence against us all the time. They should be asking questions of the damn FBI at this point. And they're doing nothing. Doesn't this bother you, this Washington Examiner story? That apparently the New York Times, even themselves, is reporting that President Trump wanted some uh, documents released indicating basically he'd been spied on. And it says that some of the documents, according to a source, have leading FBI officials infamous for their private exchanges disparaging Trump, according to a new report. Never before seen text messages between uh, ex-FBI Special Agent Peter Stroke and FBI lawyer Lisa Page, as well as unreleased information about the FBI's investigative steps, were part of this binder of Crossfire Hurricane investigative materials. The New York Times reported on Saturday 
as the New York Times is reporting on people in the conservative movement supposedly inciting violence for asking questions, despite the fact that we have roundly rebuked anybody getting baited into violence. Do you believe this? The FBI spied, the FBI lied, and then the FBI denied. And now the New York Times and others are acknowledging that Trump may have materials proving, proving massive government corruption to spy on him. And the New York Times is more concerned with making that go away by getting you to shut up, claiming you talking about it is somehow inciting violence. Inciting violence by questioning law enforcement? Did they miss the riots after Ferguson? Did they miss the George Floyd riots when they spent weeks and months, Joe, questioning law enforcement, which fed an anti-law enforcement fervor and the burning down of American cities? Who's really inciting violence against law enforcement, folks? It is obviously, obviously the left and the media. Obviously, obviously. They loved it. They worshipped every minute of it. Cities were burning and they were still attacking law enforcement as if they'd all had their knee on Floyd's neck. They all did this. We are asking questions while roundly and forcefully condemning violence. Repeatedly. Because these questions need to be asked. You had a president, damn it, that was spied on. And if he has evidence indicating that this is the biggest scandal in American history, the destruction of our FBI and DOJ being used as an activist squad to attack Donald Trump and spy on him to get Hillary Clinton elected, then you're damn right I want to see it. And the hacks and goons at the New York Times should be looking to see it too. Instead, they're focusing on this ridiculous talking point over whether the material was uh, was classified or not. You watch what's going to happen. Watch. The FBI raided Donald Trump's house to stop you from seeing what they did to weaponize themselves and spy on Donald Trump. I have zero doubt about that. Now that they've got these papers back, they're going to say it's part of a criminal investigation and Biden's going to reclassify them so you never see the truth. Here's Cash Patel on Fox this weekend, former senior Trump administration official, friend of the show, and one of the lead Spygate investigators. He knows just about everything that happened when the FBI spied on Trump. Here's Cash Patel saying the papers were classified that they took about the Spygate scandal. Really? That's funny because Donald Trump not only declassified them, Donald Trump declassified them publicly and even declassified them and announced it on social media. Kind of strange, right? Here, listen to him yourself. As a former deputy director of national intelligence, I know how this system works. The president is the sole and universal arbiter and classification authority in the United States of America. If he says a document is declassified or a set of them, that is it. There is no written material required. That is a fiction being created by the fake news and the radical left. In October of 2020, President Trump put out for the world to see a sweeping declassification order, and he did it via social media. Every single Russiagate doc 
every single Hillary gate doc, every one. Those are his words. That is the precedent that the president of the United States is allowed to operate under. He's 100 percent correct. It is the president's sole discretion. Sole discretion to declassify information, which he already announced he declassified. Folks, what happened in Mar-a-Lago is it's hard for me to believe. Again, this, I didn't do a lot this weekend. And maybe that was a mistake because I had a lot of time to think about things and I need a break too. I can't believe what's happening. The FBI spies, the FBI lies, the FBI denies it. We have evidence it's all true. We have the names of the spies. Donald Trump has evidence. The FBI then goes and raids him to get rid of the evidence, to hide their corruption. And the New York Times and others are covering for the FBI under the false guise that it's classified when Donald Trump already said he has the sole discretion and the courts have already ruled he has the sole discretion. I'll get to that in a second. And they're not even remotely curious about the tyranny going on in front of their face. And then when you ask questions, they claim you're inciting violence against law enforcement despite soundly rebuking anyone engaging in violence while they, after Ferguson and George Floyd, actively incited violence against me, law enforcement, and others by claiming we're all part of some law enforcement conspiracy to murder black people and hunt them down in the street. Just look it up. The balls on these people. Disgusting. The Constitutional Republic is being pissed away, pardon my language, because of jerkwads in the media who love this. All right, let me take a break. I'm going to get to this sole discretion thing in a second. I need a little uh, breather before I have a heart attack. <laughs> Seriously, this weekend was a little rough. I spent a lot of time thinking. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So, proving to you again that Cash Patel is right, there is no written order needed. The president has the sole discretion to declassify materials. The courts themselves, as I covered on my Fox show this weekend and last week on my show, send this to your liberal goofball friends. The courts themselves, the federal courts, have already ruled it's the president's sole discretion. Look at this piece by John Solomon. This involved Bill Clinton and a bunch of audio tapes in his sock drawer. He was sued to get those tapes back. And Judge Jackson, yes, Judge Amy Berman Jackson, that one, she said, under the statutory scheme established by the PRA, the decision to segregate personal materials from presidential records is made by the president during the president's term and in his sole discretion, Jackson wrote in her March 2012 decision, again, which was never appealed. It's not in his limited discretion. It's not kind of in his discretion. 
It's not at his discretion in conjunction with the cabinet in his sole discretion to declassify. So Trump sees some paperwork indicating he's the victim of corruption and a crime and the weaponization of the FBI and DOJ vis-a-vis a spying program unprecedented in American history on a president and a presidential candidate. The president ordered it declassified publicly. It's his sole discretion. The media is still playing up this classification stuff. Oh, my God, he had classified documents without fairly indicating that is no evidence this is true. It's his sole discretion to declassify. Is media lying and continued propaganda and gaslighting? Here's another question the media isn't asking. You don't think it's a little bit suspicious that the FBI spied, the FBI lied, then the FBI denied, then the FBI raided his house to cover up their own corruption. You don't think it's a little weird that this Paul Sperry piece, this popped, this popped on Friday, right before I went on the air, and I was really annoyed. Not at Paul Sperry, at myself, because I didn't have enough time to put it in the show. Read this. It's in the newsletter today. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Folks, I don't know how long, by the way, we're, we're going to be able to do all this without the big tech communists tearing us out of the internet. I bring that up because I, please, subscribe to my newsletter. I'm not going to spam your inbox, folks. Bongino.com slash newsletter. I can speak to you directly through the newsletter. This article, please, it's really important. I'm, there's a lot going on behind the scenes I, I can't speak about right now. But there are people desperate, desperate to shut the internet down. I'm serious. This FBI raid has them freaked out, folks. Listen to me. Look. This FBI raid has them freaked out. They did not expect the backlash. They know the FBI is in trouble and they know it may have incentivized Donald Trump to run again. They are freaked out and they are losing their minds because of stuff like this. The same people, folks, who were involved in the Spygate debacle, the only ones that the ones that are still around that haven't quit or been fired are now leading up the Mar-a-Lago investigation. So the same people who spied on Donald Trump and abused their power now get to raid Mar-a-Lago to hide evidence of their own corruption? Coincidence. Total coincidence, buddy. Yeah. Here's Paul Sperry reporting on exactly this. Sources told Real Clear Investigations that Jay Bratt, the top counterintel official in the DOJ's National Security Division, who happens to be a Democratic National Committee donor, has been coordinating the Mar-a-Lago investigation with Alan Kohler, who heads the FBI's counterintelligence division. Oh, that's interesting. Alan Kohler and Jay Bratt. Huh. Let's go on here. Kohler, Alan Kohler, had worked at FBI headquarters under Bill Priestep. Remember that name, Joe? That was the guy sure who was do. marshalling the whole Spygate debacle with Jim Comey and Andy McCabe. So Kohler worked with him, the guy who was marshalling this thing, specializing in countering Russian intelligence threats. Oh, he did. Before that, Kohler worked in London as the FBI's liaison with British intel and law enforcement. My gosh, you mean some of the same British intel that CNN reported passed information to Obama? CNN reported, we put the article, remember, Guy? The article was actually on the show. You saw that, right? Is that the same British intel? Sources also say Kohler was close to Stefan Halper. Oh, Halper. How Stefan Halper, that's an interesting blast from the past. An academic and a longtime FBI contractor whom the Bureau ran as an informant in a failed effort to suborn Trump campaign officials. <laughs> this is, 
This is stunning. Stunning. He also worked, Kohler that is, with Stephen Soma. Oh, you read my book, Follow the Money, yeah. if you want to hear about Stephen Soma. You remember that name? He's the lead case agent in the Crossfire Hurricane Probe, who Horowitz said was primarily, that's the IG, said was re- primarily responsible for some of the worst misconduct in the FISA warrant abuse scandal. Soma's a counterintelligence investigator in the New York office, where he's been reassigned to the China desk. It's the same people, folks. The moose balls on these people, like this, wheelbarrows in front of them. They don't care. They are panicked. They are freaked out. They don't care. They are legitimately terrified that all of this is going to come out and you're going to see who the FBI and the DOJ at the upper levels of that management and down through rank and file agents who didn't speak out. They are terrified, terrified. You're going to see who they really are. We are being led by idiots and tyrants and tyrants who are idiots. All right, moving on. Let me get to next. uh, Take a quick break here. But the biggest mistake of my life when it comes to my health, and I want to play you a clip from Tucker. I'm, again, candor matters always. I am really anxious and scared about uh, what what was put into my body. And I made a big mistake. I'll tell you what I mean in a second. It's an important clip. So, folks, you know I, I got the vaccine. Uh, again, I've, I do not ever try to fake the funk with you all. When I make a mistake, it's for the world to see. We all do it. There's no excuse for stupid. But I got to tell you, it was dumb. I believe in science. Not the science, because there is no the science. Science is a process. There's no the science. Why is that, Joe? Because Science is always evolving and changing, but the change takes time. And me being a believer in science, having practiced science in my educational experience in neuropsychology and elsewhere, believing in the scientific method, good, robust testing, and then retesting and reanalyzing your results, I should have waited. Because the hard reality is, when the vaccine first came out, we didn't have chronological data. Because it just came out. There was no time that had passed. I should have waited. It's one of the greatest regrets of my life. I freaked out, man. I had cancer. I thought I was dying. I just wanted to see my youngest daughter's wedding. I don't expect uh, any of you to forgive me for being stupid about it. I don't. Or to forget it. But gosh, it was the biggest mistake of my life. I just should have waited. I thought to myself at the time, I even told Guy, I said, you know, there's no doubt I feel like this was created in a, this virus in a lab in Wuhan, China. I have little doubt about that. And I figured, you know, I'd rather take my chances with something we created than something they created. Remember when I told you that, Guy? Because I was scared. Again, I, I, you know, my doctor told me with lymphoma and being under chemo that if I got this thing, I, it could be ugly. Let's just leave it at that. Stupid. Why? I watched this clip from the Tucker Carlson show citing some research coming out. Again, time has now passed and we're starting to see things. It's really the most troubling minute 20 seconds I've had to listen to in a long time because I'm scared of what's coming. I had it a little while ago and I'm afraid it's the repercussions of this for a lot of people have not been felt. Here, check this out. Link to neurodegenerative disease, myocarditis, Bell's palsy, liver disease, impaired adaptive immunity, impaired DNA damage response, et cetera. 
So it's possible, in fact, it's looking likely that the vaccine might suppress the immune system. This fact, the authors concluded, will, quote, have a wide range of consequences, not the least of which include the reactivation of latent viral infections and the reduced ability to effectively combat future infections, end quote. Now, again, we sincerely hope that's not true. But it's not just the conclusion of one scientific journal. The Lancet, maybe the most famous scientific journal in the world, released similar findings in February. The Lancet's piece was entitled, quote, risk of infection, hospitalization and death up to nine months after a second dose of COVID-19 vaccine. A physician called Kenji Yamamoto made this observation about the data from The Lancet. He wrote this in a letter to the Journal of Virology, and we're quoting. The study showed that immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after the administration of two doses of COVID-19 vaccine was lower than that among the unvaccinated individuals. Folks, science is patient. Science is long-term. Science is chronological. Science is the repeating and replicating of data through process, through control groups. Science is the elimination of confounding variables. All these things take time. Now, whereas I understand we were in an emergency situation with COVID, no emergency situation should lead a company or a government to force people to take something, to force them to take something that may in the long run damage their bodies. Greatest regret of my life. My health. Really, I kid you not. I wound up getting COVID anyway. I wound up getting COVID twice. I wound up, uh, contrary to what people are telling you, I, I, what, some of them say, well, the cases are milder, which is a counterfactual you can never prove. Well, if you have the vaccine, it could have been what you don't know that. It's a counterfactual, number one. And I can't speak to other people's situations, although they've told me many people who got COVID that they got it severely after having vaccines. My friends, I can't speak to others. I don't know. I can only tell you about me, but the case of COVID I got the first time was severe. So much so, it's the only Fox show I ever missed. The case of COVID I got the second time after vac- being vaccinated was, was not, was very tolerable. I had to deal with it anyway, and now I may have to deal with some long-term consequences, which I pray Tucker's, Tucker's correct. He hopes he's wrong, and I hope that data's wrong too. No, I hope you, millions of people will suffer if it isn't. I hope it's wrong. The hard segment to do. It's tough to admit you did something dumb. But part of the business is not sitting here and pretending you're, you know, above it all. And that, you know, people are your minions. I'm not a leftist. Big mistake. Well, let's avoid a future mistake, folks. And a future mistake would be something I've been warning you about forever. It would be the single biggest threat to freedom and liberty in our time would be a digital dollar. I've just kind of established to you through the lying to us about vaccines and through the lying to us about Spygate and the stupidity of the Biden administration, that it's probably not a good idea to trust the federal government with power over you when you can, uh, you can keep that power, uh, the, the perimeter fence around it in you and in individual liberty. One of the biggest mistakes we could make is going towards a digital dollar. I have warned you so often about this story that I'm actually hoping some of you are listening to this segment right now and saying, Dan, enough already. Why would I be hoping that? The content's for you. It's, it, I can't warn you enough about this to the point where I need you being evangelists against this thing and calling your Congress people today. 
There is now a bipartisan effort that's growing to expand the Fed into the digital dollar space. Ladies and gentlemen, it would be the single most destructive act to your freedom and liberty in, our, in, in modern times. I am not exaggerating. That's an opinion I have based in reality. Here, Politico. Banks and crypto lobby clash with lawmakers over the Fed digital dollar. Andy Barr is one of the few guys, I guess, who gets it up on the hill. He's a Republican from Kentucky saying, no, no, this sounds like a bad idea. The government will be able to see where you spend your money. We'll be able to shut down where you can spend your money. It will be able to take your money away by shutting it off. You think confiscating assets now, confiscating people's property pursuant to a crime? Imagine this, Joe. You get accused of a crime you didn't commit. The government does civil forfeiture against you. Next thing you know, all your digital dollars, you pull up your phone to go buy milk and cookies, and you have no money. Nope. Anybody thought of this? Negative interest rates, which we've talked about a lot. Negative interest rates. Your money disappears every day. Government says, think about it. We need to incentivize people to go spend money. Well, I've got an idea. Let's just make interest rates negative. So if they don't spend it, they lose it. Brilliant. This is the stupidest idea I have ever seen. The same idiots in the beginning of the show with the Afghanistan pullout, the southern border, the inflation crisis, and destroying our public schools. You want them to be able to watch and control your money? Here's Andy Barr in Politico. Again, one of the few guys who gets it. He says, quote, the prospect of government surveillance of Americans' individual financial transactions through a digital dollar and Fed accounts raises serious privacy concerns. You think? He notes, not to mention concerns about government control, politicization of of loans, making loans political from the government. There's another one I didn't even consider. Online payments, credit scores, tax compliance, federal contracts, monetary policy, and the like, says Andy Barr. He sits on the Financial Services Committee. I want to send a personal thank you to Andy Barr and invite him on the show to talk about this. This is really, really bad. Now you get government contracts. The government spends trillions of dollars. You want to get a contract? Do you have enough uh, DEI people, diversity, equity, and inclusion, CRT people on your board? Uh, No digital dollars for you. It's a really bad idea. All right, folks. As I, you know, one of the things, um, on the show I told you repeatedly is one of the signals you can get to double and triple down when you know you're onto something um, is when the left-wing media full of goons, tyrants, and losers, um, when them and their fact-checker ass-kissers, when they start to pile on, it says to me what? That the Biden administration and the libs are really, really worried that we are over some target. So the fact that the Inflation Reduction Act, hilariously named, by the way, is now going to spend billions upon billions of dollars on various Green New Deal boondoggles, on tax hike programs, and on then sicking the IRS on Americans uh, is driving the left crazy. Matter of fact, I'll play for you a video at the end of the show. Remind me, um, Key, we got to get this in no matter what. Of Chuck Todd, NBC, one of the biggest tools in the media. Chuck Todd himself acknowledging that the Inflation Reduction Act, Joe, huge political flop. Nobody actually believes this thing is going to reduce inflation. Huge. I'll play for you. The NBC acknowledging that. So you see why the administration's panicked? 
Public polls have turned against it. Nobody believes it's going to reduce inflation. And people are out there like, wait, you guys just spent billions of dollars to get me audited by the IRS? So what, what comes next? Of course, the fact checkers covered this last week. Here they are again. I saw this one this weekend. Sitting in a restaurant. Factcheck.org by Bria Jones. Again, a human being with no dignity at all. Anyone with even a modicum of dignity would say, eh, I don't really want to promote government propaganda. I'm a fact checker. I should probably check facts. Not Bria Jones. Here's factcheck.org. In one of the most hilarious fact checks I've ever seen. Bria really needs to find a new career path and get some dignity back. She notes images show IRS educational program, not training of agents. She goes on to say, the title of a video shared on Rumble by the Bongino Report, a website of conservative commentator Dan Bongino, falsely claims, falsely, Joe, newly surfaced IRS training video breaks the internet. Can you just pop up the Tribune Star about the training video? Tribune Star. This is from the training video program in there. That Adrian Project, the whole thing they did. IRS descends on Terre Haute to train and recruit at ISU. The training and recruitment exercise at ISU brought together students from school of Oh boy, Bria, really, really. Go back to mom and dad. Maybe it's basement time. Reevaluate everything. See, that's a fact. It's the headline. Is it training and recruitment exercise? That's a factcheck.org. I get it. It's hard to be embarrassed when you have a lot of dignity. You know, when you're a cop, you see a lot of people in the street late at night, you know, doing really bad things. People who are broken and they don't really care when you criticize them. I'm assuming Bria doesn't either, but it's time for a new line of work, Bria. This isn't for you. You could have just put that in like a search engine or something. But it's not just the fact checkers, folks, who are freaking out because there's a good chance now you're going to get audited. Or I should say a better chance than before because precision matters that you're now going to get audited by a bill, Joe Biden. Joe Biden wanted you to get audited. That's the point. The bill was scored to show a lot of the money from the IRS coming from the middle class to audits for you. The New York Times freaking out too because I called it an IRS army. Here, this is New York Times. More money for IRS burst conspiracy of shadow army. The New York Times notes Tiffany Hsu, a running joke to, to journalism everywhere. Tiffany Hsu, by the way. And Alan Rappaport, another tool. They note, along with Ted Cruz, conservative commentator Dan Bongino and a congressman from Arizona, Louisiana, took to calling the IRS an army. So I thought, you know, 87,000 new employees, Joe, at the uh, IRS army going forward. Yes. So if it's a conspiracy theory, I thought, let me just look up the size of some of the world's armies. So I did. I went to World Population Review, and they're going to hire 87,000 employees. So here are some of the world's armies. This is uh, that are smaller than the new IRS army. Peru, Chile, Argentina, Romania, Canada, South Africa, UAE, Lebanon, Australia, Dominican Republic, Singapore, Cuba, Uzbekistan, Belarus, and Uganda all have less people than the new IRS employees. Fact check thing, man. It's really hard. You could have just done that yourself, but I'll do the work for you. Too much stupid on the field? <laughs> How much is that? 10 yards? 10, y- ten, ten yard yards? Penalty. Yes. <laughs> Re- repeat first. <laughs> <laughs> Too much stupid on the field. 
<laughs> Folks, it's so easy. By the way, now that I know Tiffany Shu, Alan Rappaport, and the hilarious Bria Jones are panicked about this story, and despite the fact that I keep sticking it in their face and embarrassing and humiliating them, now I know you're panicked and freaked out. And because my show and audience is a multiple size bigger than yours, now I'm going to triple down and cover this even more because you're trying to make it go away. Okay, coming up next, I got, my, I got that video I told you by Chuck Todd just showing you how this thing is, not only is the FBI raid blown up in their face, but their hilariously titled Inflation Production Act is just melting down on them. I got a quick then what segment, how liberals never ask then what, ever. Okay. Just quickly, because it's a news update and there is a lot going on. This is my liberals never ask and then what question. I hope you like my monologue this weekend. It's pretty fiery about embracing the suck. How liberals never say to themselves when they do things, well, then what will happen? So Joe asked me about this this morning. I sent this over. He's like, where were you going with this? Yeah. So I see this Axios piece pop this morning in Axios markets. Private markets surge. And it indicates that private equity is, is, is blowing up financing American companies. They say a majority of U.S. companies are private. And about a third of the benchmark S&P index often consists of just 10 companies. Meanwhile, private equity assets under management have more than tripled since 2010, putting even more midsize and growth companies out of the reach of public investors. Joe's like, why'd you send that over? Folks, companies aren't going public anymore. They're staying private, where private groups of equity investors, i.e. private equity and hedge funds, get to invest in them. Well, why does that matter? Because these companies are blowing up and who's not benefiting? Oh, the public. Pension funds, you and I. Private equity is doing quite well. So liberals, why would bunches of companies not go public despite the fact that going public would allow millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people to invest in them. Why would they stay private? Oh, because of regulation. Because when you go public, you subject yourself to mounds and mounds of red tape, most of it by the government. And companies are like, I don't want to do that. Ah. Hence, Axios is reporting most companies are staying private. I kind of know about this from the inside. Because when you go public, you subject yourself to people like Gary Gensler at the SEC, who you would think be saying to himself, well, we don't have pension funds and the average American citizen having access to really, really good companies that could make them a ton of returns on their stock. How do we get more companies to go public? They're trying to get fewer companies to go public. Wall Street Journal, just from this weekend. The Gensler bid to control trading. Two new proposals would reduce market liquidity with little benefit to investors. <laughs> it, it, the, the left will chew its own face off. They don't care. Hey, companies aren't going public and our union members aren't profiting because their pensions can't invest in them. Only a bunch of rich private equity people. are. Okay, let's find a way to get less companies to go public with more regulation. Sounds good to me. Then we warned you. Here's another one. We said, listen, the Inflation uh, Production Act, by giving a bunch of taxpayer dollars as subsidies to people buying electric vehicles, that the companies producing electric vehicles now know people are getting subsidies from the government, Joe. So they're going to raise their prices because people can now afford more yeah. because the government's giving them money. This was not hard. If a daycare provider knows the government's going to pay for daycare, 
and the government will pay up to $5,000, the daycare provider is not going to provide $4,000 because he knows you're getting a check from the government for five. Now, this isn't hard, but if you just said, and then what, before giving rich people subsidies to buy electric vehicles and upper middle class folks who can afford it themselves, you would have figured this out. Just the news. Be in the newsletter. Citing inflation, Ford hikes electric vehicle prices $8,500, erasing the $7,500 tax credit in the Inflation Reduction Act. I'm not laughing laughing because it's it's not funny. You know what's funny? The stupid. The stupid. That's what's funny. The stupid. Hey, government's going to give out $7,500 to people to buy our cars. Oh, good. Let's raise the prices by that. This, and you're, here's another one. Just the news. Shocker, Joe. Money isn't free. Huh? What? <laughs> they, I know you're stunned. So they say, hey, listen, we're going to erase student loans. You're going to erase it. Where'd it go? I mean, all debts are paid, as Milton Friedman said, right? All debts are paid either by the debtor or the creditor. If I lend Joe money and he pays it back, the debt was paid by Joe. If I lend Joe money and Joe doesn't pay it back, the debt was paid by me. The money wasn't erased. So even Jason Furman, who, by the way, is as liberal an economist as they get, but once in a while is a moment of sanity. He's like, hey, listen, student loan erasure and forgiveness doesn't really erase anything. And liberals are like, what? Just the news. Top Obama administration economist warns against student debt cancellation as deadline nears. Same guy, Jason Furman, who was an advisor to Obama, by the way, said that forgiving student loan debt benefits recent college grads, but hurts most everyone else, both rich and poor. Thank God every morning I'm not an idiot leftist. Really. Finally, wow, I'm going to get to this. Folks, be careful about all this talk, given everything I told you about idiocy, tyranny, and the left refusing to say then what, and the media freaking out. The media is gaslighting you into believing that there's been some big sea change and the Democrats are going to either win or they're doing so much better. Just be careful. I can't predict what's going to happen in the election, but Red State is a good piece by the great Bonchi. It's in my uh, newsletter again today. All this talk of the Democrat comeback. Folks, just be careful about this. She notes that on this day during the 2014 election cycle, Democrats led by 1.4%. The final result was Republicans by 5.7%. She notes again, in 2016, Dems led by five on the generic ballot. On election day, Republicans won by one. Even in 2020, the generic ballot overstated Democrat support by 3.7 percentage points. Be very careful of all this talk of a big Dem comeback. Why? Here's a video I was talking about with Chuck Todd. Why is the media panicking about the Inflation Production Act and the IRS audits that are going to come from it? Media is panicking, as even Chuck Todd has to note, because the public's not buying any of this crap. Check this out. People are skeptical that this thing is actually going to help them. So uh, a plurality thought not make a difference uh, with 36 percent, but 35 percent thought the bill would make things worse for me. Twenty six percent thought they would make things better for me. Folks, though, you know, this is supposed to be his big legislative accomplishment. Even NBC has to know that most people aren't buying this. Finally, here's another Chuck Todd video here. The most devastating poll in America, and one you should always keep track of, that invariably correlates to a political victory or loss for the party is the right track, wrong track poll. I'm not telling you it's the only data point. 
But I'm telling you, if you go back over time, it is one of the best indicators of how an election is going to go. And it's very simple. If a majority of people think the country's on the wrong track, the party in power is going to get smoked. If they think it's on the right track, they won't. Listen to these devastating numbers about that very same poll. Again, from NBC. Check this out. We are less than three months before the midterms, and our brand new NBC News poll paints a pretty bleak picture. Americans are angry, they're disappointed, and they are worried about the future of this country. Just 21% of adults say we are heading in the right direction, and once again, three out of four Americans say we are on the wrong track. In fact, this number, never before in our poll, has this wrong track number been over 70% for this long. It's been nearly a year now. 58%, by the way, say America's best years are behind us. That's an all-time high in our poll. So I'm going to take a hard pass on the media stories about the big Democrat comeback after the Inflation Reduction Act, which people hate. Wrong track? Through the roof. I'm going to end on this note. All this talk is BS. Dan, it's a talk show. No, it is all BS. No, I'm not lying to you. This is what I'm telling you is true. But I'm saying BS... Because if you don't do anything, this show is meaningless. And so is everything else I've told you. If you are not registered to vote in this November election, do it today. If your family isn't registered to vote, get them to register today. If you're not knocking on 10 doors, calling 10 friends, sending 10 social media posts, the 10, 10, and 10 rule, and you're, you're not doing what you can, I'm sorry. There's a primary in Florida tomorrow and in New York. Please vote. And please vote November or all this stuff is going to be meaningless. Don't let this place go up in flames. I promise you it's worth saving. Thanks for your time today on the show. Please, if you don't mind, subscribe to my podcast. It's the subscriptions, which have helped kept this, keep us on the charts. You guys have been amazing. And ladies out there, I so deeply appreciate it. You've kept this. We, uh, a new survey came out. I don't know if it was Triton or other podcasts. We were number seven in the whole country. That's a lot. I should have sent you the article, Guy. We were seven and one, I think like 17 and the other one because they bet. But one of the things they use as a measure is subscriptions. Please go to Apple, Spotify, and most importantly, Rumble. Rumble.com slash Bongino and subscribe or follow on those platforms. I would really appreciate it. It means a lot. It's all free. It doesn't cost you a dime. Thanks so much for your support. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.